This is the Straight Dope, episode 25, the data that drives your progress. I want to talk about data for a minute because there's a lot of different types of data. And across social media, there are these trends of different types of media and data being put out that get shared and discussed. But I don't see them often effectively used for shooters, by shooters, to improve getting to their goal. Now that might sound like a mouthful, and it's such a mouthful that I am now re-recording my first try at getting at this, but that's part of the progress. Personally, I have a lot of goals, and I have diverse interests, but one requisite towards accomplishing those goals is knowing where you want to be in a realistic time frame, not my lifetime goal and something that's not within reach, but I set many goals. And those goals are often diverse enough. It keeps me entertained. And I think that you can never emphasize enough that you have to have enjoyment and rewarding outcomes, you know, amongst your interests. Otherwise, you're going to burn out. And if you can't be psyched about the idea of accomplishing these those goals and enjoying the process, then they should often be reconsidered and reevaluated so that you do have that motivation and excitement for the growth progress. And then map the route from where you are to the goals that you want to accomplish, whatever those might be. Now, I don't know your goals. I know my goals involve unknown shooting positions, unknown shooting distances under random scenarios. And I don't even like to imagine using a particular firearm. And so I use a lot of different rifles. In fact, this year, I haven't shot the same rifle setup twice because I'm willing to sacrifice ultimate performance for overall understanding of my ability with different systems and platforms. I've gone to matches and I said, I'm exclusively going to shoot clipped into the tripod this time to see what happens, to see if my ability in being able to use that is a certain level or not. And some great shooters have reached out and said that I'm totally crazy for doing that because I'm giving up points. I don't care. Um, I've heard many trophy-obtaining shooters tell me that the only thing that matters is the trophy and winning. And, and that's not the way I look at it. I look at it as a skill level development and skill level development is different than getting a trophy at any cost because there are so many variables you can't control with a trophy. And, it, and it's just not my personality to say I need that particular trophy. I want my skill level to get up. And if my skill level gets to a certain point, I'll get a trophy, but that's not the ultimate goal. Right, The ultimate goal is trying to understand my shooting better. And in different disciplines and outlets, there are tons of shooters that are better than me. They'll beat me, and that's cool. That's awesome. And I don't know their goals and motivations, but it's nice to see people performing at higher and higher levels. Absolutely. And where I'm headed with my particular progress is a different destination than just about everybody that I've met. So this is a general conversation about using data. And the first thing I want to do is talk about a couple different levels of data and science that are often used on media to justify things or show, demonstrate 
And none of them are wrong. They're great. One of those is the physics and the formulas behind the ballistics, which ultimately is pretty basic math and pretty basic physics, the stuff that uh, people have figured out well before the invention of modern firearms. And it describes, you know, flicking pencil erasers at distance. It applies to throwing missiles and rocks and baseballs and footballs, and it applies to all sorts of stuff. Those formulas provide us with an understanding of how the world works and how matter interacts with forces and energy to do specific things. It's very predictable. It's very repeatable. And it's very hard to bridge the gap from that into the practical applications of that because that requires the human interface. And human interfaces are very unpredictable and difficult to tune, right? It takes us a hell of a long time just to learn how to stand up and walk. And we devote all of our time and energy to that for years. And some of us still have a hard time walking. So being able to use our bodies and minds with systems that were designed by engineers to kind of demonstrate these physics uh, properties of the universe isn't as easy as just writing out a formula. So I think that it's cool. It, it's not super high level, but it's often something that people kind of hide behind. And I want you to question the sources that are giving you that information as whether they could pick up a rifle system and demonstrate it practically. I, that, that would be the challenge that I had for people is if you're going to justify something with formulas and equations, that's great. It's true, but it requires a certain level of skill. And it's nice when people have the skill to walk the walk and not just post stuff that talks the talk. So you need to ask, what's the formula asking? And then say, do we have the skill level to be capable of demonstrating that? I could say that a Formula One car can go through a course in a certain amount of time, but I don't have the skill level to drive a car like that through a course like that and not just wreck the car. So there is a, a level of skill that's required to demonstrate the reality of the universe that these formulas are proving. So that's why, rather than viewing it strictly as a hard science, I view shooting more like a sport and sport science. Because even though we know what to pay attention to, and the variables involved in describing getting an object from point A to point B are pretty well established, isolating the things that we can work on is a little bit tricky. Now, some of it has been hashed out. And in books like Brian Litz's and, and, um, and other books, you know, those variables, I talk about it in the, the axioms episode and some of the fundamental episodes, right? We need to be able to control our inputs and outputs in a, in a quantifiable way. And we need to understand the mu muzzle velocity, the level of precision of that system, the effects of wind and atmosphere. And, and, that's more or less it, right? And, and trust that our equipment is capable of doing that in a repeatable way. But those become very, very complicated. And often people get emotional just mentioning that stuff because some of it's very expensive. And it's easy to use kind of appeal to authority or other kind of fallacious arguments to justify buying equipment or um, 
and other stuff. We're, we're, I don't think that we're at a level where we really need to do that. What I think we need to do is log our data. To me, the data that drives progress is closer to the type of data that we use in sports science and sports coaching. We, we know a lot about biochemistry, kinesiology, biology, but independently, they don't explain very well uh, you know, how a hurdler goes from point A to point B in a, in a given time. We could say that, you know, here's our predicted limits of human performance, but people are often pushing up against that and demonstrating that uh, we can accomplish these amazing things. And rather than get caught up in the weeds of the equations that would prove something, coaches that are pushing athletes to accomplish more are getting inputs from the individual athletes to monitor whether they're rested, whether they're showing progress, whether they're showing signs of fatigue. And, and a lot of that is um, tricky to quantify, right? And with shooting, I think some of that is tricky to quantify too. You don't understand the inputs that you're having on the system or what the bandwidth of your attention is being invested in at any given moment. And so when we go out and shoot, I think it's important to think about the application, the criteria that are involved at the level of shooting that, that you expect to go do. For example, uh, some of the data that's been out recently that Brian Litz have been posting is the hit percentage on a five-inch target versus an IPSC at distance, and what are the hit percentages. And so if you're shooting a 308 at an IPSC, obviously you can hit it further out and expect 100% hit rates. And if you're shooting at a 5-inch target, 100% hit rate using a 308 might be more challenging. But the inputs to that uh, are curious, right? Uh, most of it's justified from a half-inch group, which most people aren't shooting half-inch. Um, and then, you know, wind, wind variations of one mile an hour and standard deviations of, of, of you know, low, low standard deviations. We're looking at the ultimate predictive kind of like almost unachievable level of performance in reality. And if we forget what our outlet's going to be, it's easy to fall and get confused with, with, with how we interpret that data. And how I interpret that is if, if you were shooting a 308 and trying to justify that you could shoot it to 800 yards and you grab the hip percentage for an IPSC, you say, hey, look, you know, the hit percentage on this is pretty good. But if, if you're talking to somebody that shoots a six-dasher, uh, they're not used to shooting IPSCs that close, right? And so they're, they're talking about hit percentages on smaller targets. And so it's kind of not comparing apples to apples. And we can, we can forget the parameters that we're considering when we're training. So, so what we need to do as individuals who are trying to kind of self-coach uh, is understand the parameter inputs that we're coming from. And that, that's why I like the Riflecraft target and the Riflecraft analysis more than I like just plugging your shot group on paper into a group size analyzed uh, kind of thing. Like, you know, the, the idea is that we're shooting at a target of a given size, and so our group doesn't matter if it's, if it's not accurate. So combining accuracy and precision and probability uh, is important for basically any practical use of a rifle system. And it has to include your current skill level. So the data that I think is important uh, is 
you need to know your fundamental shooting capabilities. You need to know the accuracy of your system for sure. But what you can do with your system is more important than the system itself because there's plenty of rifles that can outshoot the shooter. Focusing on the shooter is going to be the fastest way to achieve better performance. And I think that if we do fall back on math to justify that, when you look at the formulas provided of hit percentage at distance based on the half inch compared to one inch compared to one and a half inch, even though the distances change for the 100% hit rate, what, what, what I think is an interesting trend that pops out to me is that most of them, the difference is about 100 yards regardless of that group size. So what that says to me is that with a 308, you know, regardless of the target size that you're trying to hit, the difference between half inch tends to equate to about 100 yards difference. So for every half inch of improvement, you're gaining about 100 yards of hit percentage. And that may or may not be useful to you. But I think to me, rather than looking at this, you know, is it is it 99% or 97%? To me, that's all the same, because you probably can't shoot the difference. I mean, you, you could, you could go out with hundreds of rounds and see if, you know, there's two or three more or less hits in those hundreds of rounds on the same t- size target. But to me, that means like, okay, it's pretty near perfect. And that's good. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking more like Emil Praslik describes the wind, like 25%, 50%, 75%, 90, 95, 100. Those big chunks are realistic. They're digestible and they're measurable in a way that's, that's practical. Splitting the hairs between 97% and, I mean, like, not to go on a rant, but when people are talking about the, the, the rifleman's rule and the improved rifleman's rule and then the super-duper improved rifleman's rule and then the Kestrels, you know, it's like, holy shit. Um, at some point, like, you just got to go out and see if you can hit your targets using one of those methods and, and um, quit splitting hairs over uh, something. You know, we know that if we plug it into the Kestrel, you're going to have a better chance of hitting the target. So plug it into the Kestrel, go out there and practice, the reason you're missing probably has nothing to do with any of that because you probably can't shoot, and that's why you're hiding behind arguing over half of a percent, right? So be able to demonstrate your ability regularly. That's a good thing. And when you track that regular performance in multiple positions, you'll see whether you're improving over time. Just like your resting heart rate might come down as you're getting fitter, your ability to you know, run specific distances in a shorter amount of time. Your, your, your subjective feeling is going to be, uh, you know, improving over time. There, there's lots of uh, data points that lead to a coach feeling like an athlete is prepared for a test or pre- prepared for a competition. And that's when the constellation of data points are lining up to be repeatable and favorable for that performance, right? A top runner is not going to run that way every day, but the progress is going to be predictably leading towards the goal. And I want you to think about your data as you record it on RifleCraft as leading towards that specific goal. What's the target size? What's the distance? And can you repeatably do it in all of the positions that you might run into. That data is extremely valuable and it requires recording it over time. And I can't emphasize that enough. It's something that I do and I've been 
kind of getting closer to the levels of performance that, that I would have expected. But when I do look at my progress over time, it is always improving, right? My hit rate, my wind speed estimation, it's not perfect. And there's definitely people that could out shoot me on a given day in a, diff, in a, in a given course. But over time, I have demonstrable, quantifiable proof that I am improving as a rifleman towards my specific goals, and you can do the exact same thing. You just need to record it, and we provide a free website for that at riflecraft.com. The targets help you analyze and help extract that data in a way that other targets can, but most people misuse other targets. And I'm not a big fan of reinventing the wheel, so people often show me pictures of, well, I made this target instead of your target, and I use it this way instead of your way. And what do you think of this data? And I think, why would you spend all that time doing all that stuff and then ask me for advice? Like, man, you do whatever you want, but analyze it your way. My way, I can demonstrate quantifiably how somebody can get better and how you can get better. But if you if you want to take it all in your hands and, and do your own system, shit, Hell yeah. There's a lot of people that do that kind of stuff and they get better, but you, you got to ask them. Um, and there's plenty of people out there offering, offering advice on how to improve. I think we need to focus on the shooter and the fundamentals that they apply to the rifle system before we get into the weeds of the physics of the bullet, because it's probably not the physics of the bullet that's causing you to miss until you're shooting at a particular level. So I have this spreadsheet and all of the formulas of Brian Litz's in his books are plugged into it. So you can, you can put, you know, shooter data, wind speed, target size, ballistics data, uh, you know, shot size into there as a, as a weapon employment zone kind of thing. And using the criteria that are listed in the book, and I'm not sure what the style of shooting is. It, uh, maybe I overlooked that, but the, but the parameters were that, that a good shooter is shooting half inch, a medium shooter is shooting an inch, and a bad shooter is shooting an inch and a half. That, that's me paraphrasing. He didn't say that uh, in, ter- in terms of good, medium, bad. But, but the idea is that you, know, you could separate and predict hit percentage of various skill level shooters based on their shot size and their ability to predict the wind. And so putting that in there, um, you know, to me it seems off based on the field shooting that I do and the practical shooting. And also, you know, I'm exposed to a lot of people who work with rifles and regardless of the super fancy ninja schools that they've been to, I've never met a shooter that could shoot as well as the parameters listed in those books. So I put out the challenge on my story a few days ago for people to go out and put a target at, at you know, 700-ish and 550-ish and 400-ish, a 20-centimeter target um, or, or like, you know, just under 12 inches, but the difference between, you know, 11 and 12, well, whatever you have, like a, you know, 12-inch circle at those distances and take your very first shot of the day, no zero, no wind, no, you know, I mean, you make your wind call, but you don't get to shoot a target and then know what your wind is and make the correction and go shoot at it. You just take your first shot of the day at 700, hit or miss. Second shot of the day at the the middle target, hit or miss. And third shot of the day at the close target, hit or miss. And ideally, you wouldn't get feedback from the miss and start to collect that data. And so far, the shooters that have given me feedback from their their testing of that, fortunately, it was over the weekend that people have started to give me their hit percentages back. 
uh, nobody's hit the far target yet, and and it's kind of 50-50 on the middle target, and most people are hitting the close target. Now, that's just anecdotal. I didn't see it. Uh, I haven't done that myself yet, but I do think that the parameters are a little bit too stringent for field positional modern shooters. Maybe it's F-class or, um, you know, some Palma, some style that I've never done and don't fully understand. But, but I do think it's interesting that, you know, we could set specific guidelines for, you know, levels of shooting in a, in a quantifiable way like that and make predictable courses of fire. And I know people have tried to do this in the past and struggled because the wind changes and so on and so forth. But it would be pretty cool to have practical data on top of the predicted data. And I think Riflecraft as a system is getting good predictive data on overall fundamental shooting abilities of the people interested in. But most people that use the Riflecraft website are good shooters. And because, you know, you care enough about it to log and train and log your targets on paper. So uh, it might be biased towards a little bit better of a shooter. But on the other hand, better of a shooter is is kind of loose because the hit percentages on 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 the criteria listed in those books, I think, are um, almost unachievable in a repeatable and consistent way. But it, it'll be interesting. I'll, I'll keep you guys posted on the the feedback that I'm getting from those tests. But but from what I can tell, like there just aren't shooters that can do that um, reliably over time, over the course of multiple days, which leads me to some of the data that I think people should be recording. Like an athlete, I think you should be recording paper targets every time you go to the range. And if you go to a distance range where you're going to be shooting steel, if you check your zero, do a quick craft drill or positional test, even if it's not a full craft drill, I would still do standing, kneeling, seated prone. And then you only get one chance to get a wing call shot, right, of the day. So make that shot count and do it at a distance where you can measure the ability that you're at today to quantify your wind speed estimation. So I, I recommend, you know, pretty big target at the wind speed distance of your rifle. If you have a six mile an hour gun at, at 600 yards, if you shoot in about every 10th is a mile per hour wind. And so if you aim dead center on that big target, you can measure the point of impact difference between your aim point and where the bullet landed or missed and say, okay, I missed it by this many miles per hour so that you could start to quantify and understand your ability to predict the wind at given ranges. And it's hard because if you travel to different facilities or different states, you may or may not be able to read the wind as well as others because you have less experience with that. But I think that that overall is how you know a, a, a decent shooter becomes a great shooter is through traveling and understanding differences in location and the ability to estimate wind over different terrain. I would much rather perform at a lower level consistently across all states than just knock out, you know, shooting locally and suck everywhere else, right? Uh, so I think we should be recording our wind reading ability, our positional shot group size, and then our ballistic data that you have to have to enter it into your ballistic programs. Nowadays, most people have ballistic calculators, so I think that's great. We use it, but you got to plug in the right data and understand the components 
that are involved in achieving the level of performance that you want. Because again, spending hundreds of hours and thousands of dollars to improve your load may or may not actually change anything in your ability to hit a target. And in most cases, I would argue to say that it it doesn't for most shooters in a realistic context. But if you record that data of yours on paper and on steel in terms of your hit percentage, then we can prove it quantifiably. That's where the value is, and that's what's going to push the sport forward. It's it's what's going to push people's ability to hunt and perform at whatever their outlet is better. Professional shooters, too, uh, there's a lot of liability and there's a lot on the line when you're working with a rifle. And so understanding your capacity to make those decisions starts with having accurate and reliable personal data, not just your dope card, but the shooter data card, which is your positional group size, your ability to read the wind, and your ability to make decisions on the position and understand what goes into taking that shot. That data is very important to log, and that's the data I think we should be focused on, not the physics and the formulas, because that technically really isn't going to probably do anything for your shooting. When it comes to mindset, I think that confidence comes from seeing all of those data points over the course of multiple days line up towards the time that you expect to be tested or have to perform. If your shot groups are improving, your wind speed predictability is improving, and all of those data points are lining up and they're going to converge in this window of performance, that should be confidence building. There should be no self-doubt. There should be no questioning of, of, of anything, really. And I think that that is the true confidence of a lot of the top performers. It's not that they have this mindset where they say, you know, I'm going to go win this. Just thinking positive. I mean, it's good to think positive for sure. And, and, and I, you know, I try to approach everything in a, in a positive way. I challenge and question a lot, but ultimately, I'm psyched because I think that we can accomplish anything that we want to, uh, you know, within reason. I think that anything that we want to do, we can go do if we're motivated and psyched about it. But the confidence of I can do this and I will do this, the, the lights turn green when you have the long-term predictable pattern of performance leading up towards the level that you need to perform at. That's real confidence. And if we aren't tracking and logging that, it's really easy to be confused, not understand why we missed, not understand what's going on. And that's why, you know, I say I'm training for goals that are down the road. It's because, you know, I'm psyched about the progress, but there are still benchmarks that I'm hoping to be able to achieve this year and next year so that I could be ready for those things. Uh, Right now, I can't necessarily perform at the level that I would like to, but I'm getting better, and that progress is improving over time. And when I'm consistently performing at, at, a, at a higher standard, then I'll be willing to, 
you know, go try various things that require a specific level of performance. But if you're struggling with confidence and motivation or you're getting confused about, well, I'm not sure if I'm ready for this, you need to go simulate and do some tests. You can do it at club matches. You can do it at the range. But you need to have those data points showing that you can do all of the requisite skills for your particular outlet on demand and beyond the standard of performance because when stress comes is factored in and these things stack on top of each other, often skill waivers from your ultimate bet. Like you hear about people doing like a physical fitness test or something like that. They say, well, you know, I can do 100 push-ups, I can do 100 sit-ups, and I can run you know, this fast, but can you do them all back-to-back and not necessarily totally fresh? The difference between people that accomplish some of those goals is that they can do it day or night, anytime, drop of the hat, that is the confidence that's required to, to do some of these things. Same thing with shooting. I think we need to have the quantifiable recorded data that shows us you're ready, you're able, and there's really nothing that's going to stop you unless it's like mechanical failure. And that shit happens too, which is unfortunate. But right now I don't have a good way to get over that because there's a lot of equipment that just doesn't perform the way it's supposed to. And it's all kind of semi-disposable. It's hard to know when it's going to crap out. But that's data. That's being data-driven. And I think when used appropriately, not only will it be motivating and instructional, but it will guide you towards what you need to work on to accomplish your goals. And then nothing can stop you. So I'm going to pause here and I'm going to pick up with some more stuff on the next podcast episode. But if you like this, subscribe, go check out the website. We made some changes to the modules and we added some menus and other stuff, but it's easier if you just go to riflegraph.com and discover it for yourself.